It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You may ask, what are the odds, right? What are the odds? Well, that's why we're here to answer those questions questions answer the question we don't care if you win or lose the game i don't care just cover the spread now here's Aton shander a busy day all around when you look at it we've got locally here the philadelphia flyers a second straight shutout by carter hart still time to get on board mind you still time to join the bandwagon how about orlando knocking off the milwaukee bucks who needed the teaser who needed any points at all? My goodness, a double-digit line blown away, 122 to 110, the final. Definitely did not see that one coming at all. And to anyone who did, congratulations. Now, things get a little interesting for the Philadelphia 76ers, not on their end, of course, but dealing with the team that they're going up against now down 1-0 to the Celtics. A lot of things happening in sports, and we'll keep you up to date on everything going on right now. We've got extra innings, top of the 11th, Colorado and Houston tied at one, although Colorado does have men on second and third. So if they can get some more, put some pressure on Houston here. As you know, extra innings means you start with a man on second. Top six, San Francisco up 6-1 over the Angels. Top five, San Diego up 6-4 over texas now i haven't seen this game i haven't been watching the game i've been paying attention to the pacers heat game and that calgary dallas game which is scoreless heat and pacers are tied at 87 at the nine minute mark but i did see two rangers were suspended following and rightfully so following their inability to control their actions and handle themselves as adults that's my definition for I don't know what your definition is, but my definition for these two Rangers pitchers being suspended is because they could not handle their own sense of adultism, if you will. Fernando Tatis did nothing wrong, should never have had to apologize for anything, nor should his manager, the Tingler, throwing Tatis under the bus. If anybody should be apologizing, it should be the tingler coming out and saying, I'm sorry for throwing my player under the bus. If I'm playing right now, if I'm pitching or hitting or doing anything for the San Diego Padres, I'm looking with a squinted eye at Jace Tingler thinking, this guy doesn't have my back. This guy, he'll throw me under the bus at the very inkling of something going wrong just to save his own skin. The Tingler came out and flat-out embarrassed himself last night trying to justify why people could be angry at Fernando Tatis. The manager is a disgrace for the Rangers as well. It's ridiculous. Chris Woodward suspended one game as a result of the pitcher's actions. I'm not even going to mention his name. He doesn't deserve to have his name mentioned. Neither one of these people, in the manager or the pitcher, could act like adults could handle their own mistakes. So they took it out on somebody else. They took it out on Manny Machado. 
This is why baseball will never win. This is exactly the reason why baseball will always be behind. It's why I'm here and you're there. That's what the NFL says to baseball. It's what the NBA says to baseball. It's what the NHL is saying to baseball. Dallas up one nothing, 947 left in the first over Calgary. It's what the MLS should be saying to baseball. Baseball is dead because of this. Yeah, it got a nice little jump because the sport was dead for a little bit, like all sports were dead with COVID pausing life. But this game is so difficult to watch, and the people involved make it that way. I I never felt like it's a chore or a task to watch another sport. Never have I thought watching two teams that aren't my own, watching the Miami Heat and Indiana Pacers right now, and I jumped in just before the show, about seven or eight minutes before the show, at Indiana Plus 6, live line. So we'll keep an eye on this one wherever you have it, and I'll update that too. But this story here with baseball is a disgrace, and it's proof positive that they don't understand the situation they're in. The This is something that the NFL would do because of where they're at knowing that the NFL could have a bounty, the NFL could have anything, and it wouldn't matter. It would be discussed for two weeks all over the place. Every radio station, television show, all of that would be talking about it at length. This was an embarrassment. And the one person who was embarrassed is the sole soul who should not be. There is nothing wrong. Fernando Tatis, let me say this again. Fernando Tatis did nothing wrong. Fernando Tatis should not have apologized for anything. The Rangers put themselves in that position. You don't like being down seven runs in the eighth inning with the bases loaded? What the hell are you doing loading up the count 3-0? Just intentionally walk him. Tell the up ahead of time, we're not going to pitch to this guy and save time on the field. They made mistake after mistake. They didn't have it. Either that night or in general. And, oh, well, these unwritten rules, these unwritten... Screw your unwritten rules. It's why your sport sucks. It's why your sport is a walking, living, breathing embarrassment. It doesn't matter if JT Realmuto is the best catcher in baseball or Bryce Harper's here for another 20 years. The sport is problematic at its root. The sport can't get out of its own way. And I don't care if Cole Hamill or Aaron Nola, part of me, is on the mound serving up a meatball at 3-0 and and somebody blasts that ball into out of space, or if Bryce Harper's at the plate swinging at a 3-0 count. The fact that this is even a conversation is mind-boggling to me. And he had to apologize. Do you believe that? He had to apologize. And his manager, the Tingler, came out and got all over him. Boy, look at the contrast. Here we have playoff hockey, and locally, of course, we have a star in the city. I just don't know at any point right now if you could honestly look around the city and find a more valuable player to their team than Carter Hart. Honestly, at at this point, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how you could honestly look around Philadelphia and look at anybody and say they are more valuable to their team than Carter Hart, who single-handedly kept the Montreal Canadiens out of the net two straight games. 
He posted two straight shutouts. He is young and only going to get better. And looking at what we've seen around this city and knowing how dangerous a good goalie can be and how much we've missed that for decades now. This kid has arrived. He's arrived. Two shutouts, back-to-back. And you know what the best part about watching him is? The composure. My goodness, this kid looks like he's been playing for years. This kid looks like he's been in front of the net in the playoffs for years, like it's his job, like he knows exactly what to do and where to be. Even when pressure is on, and let's be fair, the Canadians, not so much this time around, but we saw that in the earlier shutout, and this game too, but I would say more in that first shutout. There was a lot of pressure. Shots coming in, things along those lines. If it's killing a power play, Carter Hart does not look phased. And that is amazing to watch. Absolutely incredible because we've missed it for so long. And you know what the crazy thing about it? The best part about it is the composure. But the craziest thing about it is nobody's really downplaying it. You know, nobody's really downplaying what this kid is doing and how good he can be. Forget for the next 15 years. I'm talking about this year. Defense, goaltending. Would it be nice to see a team win games 7-5? to five? Sure, if you like scoring, you like goals. Is that sustainable? I don't believe so. Could be wrong. I've been wrong in the past. I might even be wrong here riding this six points with 640 left and hoping the Pacers can just get a bucket down four. You know, looking at where this Flyers team is and what's happened around with the playoffs, there really is expectation that they can go on and win the Cup. And it has nothing to do with the futures bet you or I placed back at the end of February or early March before everything shut down. It's the common belief that if you have a hot goalie, you can beat anybody. And you know what's nuts right now? They can beat anybody. That's where we are right now, is the Philadelphia Flyers have proven, and yes, it's two shutouts. They're up 3-1 in the first round. They beat good teams coming into this. They won three straight. And sure, the Caps are right now facing elimination on their own. But that was a good team at least. We saw them take care of their own business. It doesn't matter at this point. You could make any excuse you want. It doesn't matter at this point who they played, when they played them. The reality is, is that Carter Hart has been the one consistent. Carter Hart has been that piece that no matter what has happened, even in the loss It wasn't like, oh, man, this team is in trouble. Even in that one loss where they got blasted 5-0, did you honestly feel like it was anything more than just a little blip? Now, Carey Price played his ass off, and we need to see that again, although, to be fair to him, this wasn't a brutal game by any means. That was probably the best game Carey Price has played all year without looking at the numbers in detail. Some hockey head is scouring January 1st box scores. Well, you know, here's the problem. Where do you go from here? And I don't necessarily think it's an issue type problem, but it's almost like a good problem to have. Where do you go right now looking at 
the whole setup for the NHL and where the playoffs have put the Philadelphia Flyers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Once they advance, which they will, this is over. This series is over. It's, it's just about shutting the door. And look, this is a big game coming up. Carter Hart and the Flyers closing out Montreal is a big game. Don't think that just uh, two straight shutouts, I don't know, he can just crack his knuckles. I'm chilling. I'm good. Uh-uh. This thing gets more and more difficult as you go down. But you have to understand, at least where I'm looking at it, as it gets more difficult, the expectations rise. Now, forget the, the stupid, typical... 20-year-old sports talk radio question that you've been inundated with, unfortunately, where it's, are you upset if the Flyers don't win the Cup? That That's out. That stuff is old. That's tired. What is now, what's in, what's really about the moment is trying to capture that and not looking too far ahead. Now, I can look ahead and say the Flyers have every ability right now and, and every piece and every component even struggling at times on the power play, although they were successful, even still not being where it should be. You can make every single list you want of all the data and criteria about where you think this Flyers team can go. Hell, I have a futures bet on the Flyers winning it all. I placed uh, February 27th. So we're all in a similar boat, whether or not you bet on this team or you're simply just a fan of the squad. We're all in this similar boat of trying to figure out how far and how deep they can go. But what you might be missing, and I say might because maybe you can multitask. It's hard for me, and I admit it. Three TVs on here trying to do the show. That's why we illegally posted the stream of that one game. It got busted on YouTube. It made it a lot easier to look at comments and other things on top of watching the game. But looking at this team right now, I don't want to lose any moment. I don't want to focus on something two or three weeks down the line and lose what we just experienced and what we probably will the next time around. Because what we're going through is the growth and culmination and arrival, if you will, all in one. I mean, this is insane (laughs) to see a kid this young right now take over the position. Take oh, He just turned 22 years old. At what point... Out there, and especially the last two games, but even again, even when he's getting shelled, it and everybody has a bad game, everybody has a bad shot, everybody misses a dunk, everybody does something bad every now and again. You chalk it up and you say, All right, I got beat five nothing. What do you do after that? 
That's the micro right there of Carter Hart. They get their butts chopped up, handed to them on a plate with garnish on top. Five nothing. People are like, well, maybe this Flyers team isn't filling the blank, and maybe Carey Price is better than Carter Hart, and all of this conversation, all of this discussion. And what does the kid do? It's almost like he took it personal. It's almost like Carter Hart. It reminded me exactly. Now, again, it's only two games after, and Dame had a little more, but it reminded me exactly of what happened with Damian Lillard. 101-93, four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Pacers are down right now. Could really use a bucket, at the very least, to push that. Get you the updated lines here as they refresh in a second following this foul by the Heat. But again, 101-93. Hockey game. Tight one. I don't know if you feel confident yet to jump on Calgary, knowing that you're going to get at least... One point. That might be a play for you. Just looking at it right now, and then the puck line is going to reset. But it looks as if with Dallas up, you could probably get Calgary plus one and a half. Now you're going to pay some. You're going to definitely lay some there. I see it at minus 180, 190. But it might be time. Again, it's all about momentum here. These two teams have played tight times, overtime. Wouldn't be a terrible choice, I think, to jump on Calgary now, knowing that they're down. What I loved about Carter Hart is the response that you got. Damian Lillard missed free throws at the end of a game, key game for them at least. Would have made it a little bit easier in that play-in, but still. Key free throws and didn't miss again. And just incredible effort. All around, on the floor, on the line, wherever it was. Defensively, it just set him in motion, if you will. It was like somebody wound his ass up and just said, all right, man, go out and play basketball. And we saw one of the deadliest players in the game take over. And it was a joy to watch. Now, you know my issues with the bubble restart having to do with Phoenix more than anything else. But to see Damian Lillard do that, respond in that type of fashion was outstanding because he took it personal. Because he didn't want anything more than to come back out and show if it's haters, if it's doubters, if it's critics, whatever the term, the buzz term of the day is to describe the same person. He didn't want them to get over. He didn't want them to actually be right. You know, maybe these guys are onto something. Constantly get knocked out early, even when we go deep. There's something always wrong. It's just the lack of of success, it starts getting in your head. Man, maybe these people are right. Maybe what they're talking about actually makes some sense. Maybe I don't have it. Maybe I am cooked. But instead, he responded, and again, it was personal. It was, You could feel it. It didn't even matter who he was going up against. Right? It was just a personal shot at every single body in front of him. He was going to score. He was going to defend. He was definitely going to knock down free throws. It actually pushed him, if you will, to a higher level of competition. Not to say that he was playing like garbage or trash beforehand, but it was enough right there to put him over. It was enough. See, that's what I loved about Lillard's response, is that it didn't matter what happened anything before. He had the shortest memory when it came to his mistake. 
101.95. My goodness, can we just get something here? Now with Carter Hart, similar situation. 104.95. I mean, my goodness. We might have to jump in just to hedge at this point. Waiting for this thing to reset right now. Man, something's up with DraftKings. I don't know what it is, but they are they're behind. Their lines and, and setting things up today, and we're always on them. I'm always giving you the live stuff from DK, but something is up. I don't know if maybe there's just a ton of people on them, but it's a lot right now. Pacers looking to cut this lead with another bucket. Just maybe get to the line. Oh, jump ball. This is going to be a painful ending, isn't it? Just get me a bucket here. And I'm waiting for the line to reset. I see it at eight and a half, but I can't jump in yet because it's locked. But I imagine that following this jump ball, if the Heat retain possession, then announce off the board. Unbelievable. Might have lost any opportunity right there, but you can still go next field goal if you want. That is a tough bet right there to live and die by. I just need this plus six to ride out. The three-team parlay that I put in early this morning, 6.23.30 a.m. this morning, up for some ungodly reason. Magic plus 17. It was a three-team teaser in the NBA today. Magic plus 17.5. Pacers plus 9.5, which is in jeopardy. And the Rockets I bumped up to 7. I guess I didn't need those 17.5 points. What a waste. Orlando and the walking Fultzes just coming out. Another three by Miami. That could do it right there. Jimmy Butler just sealed it. 225 left, but, I mean, you're down 12. I don't see how they can do anything. Down 10 now. I apologize. 156 left. Carter Hart today responded, and there was a true meaning to this. It's beyond simply, hey, 22-year-old had two straight shutouts. This is deeper than that. And I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss a moment. I don't want to take away anything from what this young man is doing and how he responded in kind. And we made such a big deal, rightfully so, about where we are with, seriously, as an NBA community, where we were with the Blazers and all of this amazing performances we saw these performances we saw out of Damian Lillard we just got two straight shutouts from a guy who got shelled the game before by the same team mind you and if you don't think that Carter Hart responded like this was personal then I don't know what to tell you I, I don't I don't know how to make that any clearer <laughs> this guy was on a mission the last two games and why would it stop simply because he can now oh you know he shut the Canadians out too he doesn't know any better Think about it. He's 22 years old. He doesn't know any better. This is the only mode he knows right now is to go out and shut teams out. Probably gets upset if he gives up a goal or two. More so than just giving up a goal or two in the typical, you know, gave up a goal in the playoffs upset. Probably sticks with him for the next day and a half until he can get back on the ice. This is everything that we've wanted here in Philadelphia in our athlete. It's everything that we've wanted here as far as executing and also responding, bouncing back. You can go through the list all you want. You can throw any name you want out there. If it's Simmons, Embiid, Wentz, Blake, anybody you want. Hart, it's Carter Hart. 
I mean, it's, it's insane how easy this is for me, though. There is nothing that the Flyers are able to do on this level of success if Carter Hart is not in net. Now, unfortunately, we've seen the question answered for the Philadelphia Eagles when <laughs> we saw the team win a Super Bowl without Wentz and make the playoffs without Wentz. It can be done. Carson Wentz is a hell of an athlete, and I'm thankful he's the quarterback for my football team. But I can't make that argument. I don't think you can. Look, Embiid is not there yet. Ben Simmons is not physically there yet. He's not on the floor enough. Injury prone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dare I say, or did I just say, you bet after this offseason there are going to be some discussions about what to do with this team because just bringing in a coach is not going to fix it. You don't have any problems. You don't have anything you're working around. You don't have any growth spurts or stunts or anything like that. You have a 22-year-old kid who comes in with a composure of a 10-year veteran, a multi-cup champion. And he does deserve, look, you talk about Michael Raffle's goal, that's great. The team is not scoring a lot, maybe not enough. It would be nice if they could actually convert some more of the power plays in their offensive zone. I don't know what happened today, but they struggled. Again, it didn't hurt them. But if it's 2-2 or if you're down 2-1, then it starts to hurt. Then it becomes a problem. And it's not always going to be the Canadians that they're playing, especially after their next victory. This was an outstanding performance. The defense deserves a ton of credit, don't get me wrong, but Carter Hart was the reason. Carter Hart, yet again, the reason. All he's doing is standing in net and blocking shots. Saving the game, which he did two straight times. Again, the key, two straight times after getting torched. After the team got destroyed 5 nothing. 109-100, waiting for these free throws to drop. Painful. Think that six points might be cooked. Now I'm just holding on to the 9.5 on my teaser. Now I still need Houston to go out there and not lose by more than eight, but still... I didn't think that the nine and a half would be in jeopardy here. The four and a half cooked, the six mm, tight. You're going to need as 109 101 right now with 59 seconds to go. You're going to need two stops and at least one three. Now you get that, all of a sudden that four and a half is back in play. It doesn't matter, it's moot because the <laughs> Miami just. This Pacers team bothers me. It does bother me because they should be better than this. They constantly get run in the first round. And for the first time, they actually had a matchup where, despite T.J. Warren rarely showing up against, for whatever reason, this team, they had a winnable matchup. And instead, I know Victor Oladipo got hurt, got punched in the eye, and basically was out. 
But they were playing well even without Oladipo, and it didn't matter today. They got nothing from their bench, and they watched Miami play that, that inside game, that outside game, pardon me, with their two guards. Well, wing, if you technically want to count Butler. But it was all from the outside. And then when Butler was not shooting or giving the ball to Goran Dragic, he was taking it to the rack and getting fouled. Disgraceful, but believable when you look at it. You're not going to get anything at all. And, and again, there's no. I, I cannot make that excuse with Victor Oladipo being out of this game nine minutes into it that was the reason why the Pacers are getting run right now by double digits. It, it doesn't make sense. And look, bets aside, I don't care. You know, they're small units. It's not a big deal if I lose it or win it. But, and, you know, I, I'm definitely going to be happy on winning one. But this is a problem that the Pacers have had year in and year out. Not a terrible game by Warren. It's just nobody else wanted to really come in and take up the slack left by an absent Oladipo. You got to get more right now. You have to get more out of this basketball team, or this thing could be over in four or five. After today, can look at how that series shifts with the odds, but I don't know where your bright spot is. Miles Turner getting pushed around down low. I don't know where your bright spot is for this team. Maybe if you have Victor Oladipo healthy next game, that gives you more of a shot. Okay, I can believe that, but I don't necessarily think that puts you over any edge. I don't think that gives you the leading advantage here. They just they didn't make enough shots, probably didn't take enough shots, and it it just it felt it felt like they were there. It just kind of felt like they were there. It didn't really feel like there was this blow off the doors. The magic, the Orlando Magic, were not just there. The Orlando, you want to know the difference between just being there, just happy to be there, versus, wow, maybe you could actually take advantage of your position and win a basketball game. Yeah, everybody's against you as far as trying to win this damn thing, but maybe, just maybe, you can come out and put in some effort. And it's like the Pacers' effort was killed as soon as Oladipo got punched in the face. That was it. At Shander Show on Twitter. We're live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. What are the odds the Sixers, pardon me, I'm looking at this thing here with Markel Fultz, that the Pacers can even win a game right now? I, I don't know. I would lean, I would fade that right now. If you're looking at a sweep in the first round, we know it's not going to be the 1-8 seed with Orlando and Milwaukee. But if you're looking at a sweep in the East, and I'll tell you why it's not going to be Philadelphia coming up. This game looks like it's all but over right now. Just a formality on the clock. Up 10. Butler on the line again. I mean, they're just having fun with Indiana. They own Indiana. And the Pacers should definitely feel this level of embarrassment. 113-101 the final. You lose by double digits? Really? Double digits to a team that's right there with you in the standings? That really technically was a a game below you? Now, you were getting the points at Indiana ahead of time, but still. Forget where this game is being played. There are no more home court advantages, anything like that. It's all about talent right now. Talent beats talent in the NBA, and every now and again you get a little edge 
depending on where you're playing. Well, that edge is gone. And this was Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic just doing whatever they wanted. How, as, as a professional athlete, how as a competitor on any level can you accept this? Pacers are either going to come back and win by 12, 13, 14 points, which I really can't see, or they're going to continue to get beat down, which I actually can see. They, Whatever that defense was in the bubble, wherever their ability to get smart buckets was in the bubble, was gone. It was almost like this was their first game back. And they blew it. They had an opportunity. They had chances to keep it close, and they just could not. Any key moment in which Jimmy Butler or Dragic had the ball, it resulted in a bucket for Miami. It resulted in points for Miami. You just can't win against anybody. Ask Milwaukee. You're not going to win games like that if you just give up buckets. Some of them were a little easier than others, granted. But you can't allow Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic to play like it's a preseason game against a college team. Indiana looked lost out there and deserved that L. Beat down right there. How in the world can you trust Indiana moving forward? A little different than what happened last night with Dallas, for example. Porzingis gets a raw deal, ejected for something that he should not have been ejected for. And that changed a lot of the game as there was, what, seven minutes left in the third or so? A lot of time left in that game as Porzingis, their second-best player, was ejected. So you can look at that game and say, all right, it could change a little bit. Clippers are really going to have to increase some intensity and do their best to slow down Porzingis when he comes back with an edge on him. Denver, Utah, yeah. I expected a little more out of Utah, especially defensively. But to be fair, that game went to overtime, and it, and it was in overtime in which Utah just ran out of gas. Speaking of which, tonight, I just such an easy cover for the Lakers. Lakers win by double digits. I don't know how you can trust Portland in this series. I don't. And I'm back tomorrow, so you can let me have it if I'm wrong. We'll bring on Bill Horenda, good NBA expert, tonight at 7 to talk a little bit about that and some other series going on. But... Portland's out of gas. Portland used everything they had. They expended all of their energy on making it to the postseason with that play-in game where it was pretty evident to me they were running out of juice pretty fast. Yeah, Memphis is just not that good of a basketball team compared to a healthy Portland team. Don't look at the record. Don't look at the standings. Don't look at anything like that. Portland was without three guys up front for a while. Rotation of such. Don't get it twisted here. The Lakers, people are looking at these two teams like, hmm, you know, L.A. comes into this. They barely won in the bubble. They looked lost. There was some rumor about something going on that LeBron couldn't control in the locker room. Meanwhile, the Blazers are on a tear. They won three straight, including that play-on game. They won seven of their last ten coming into this bubble now. Damian Lillard is on fire, as I just explained, and C.J. was playing really well, especially in the fourth, where they needed him against Memphis, against Memphis. You can look at Memphis's record. That's a 34-39 and record right there. That is exactly representative of what they've done this year and where they finished. And then you look at this game and think, well, this is the time that we've seen in the past 
where LeBron would turn off social media, where LeBron would stop doing everything except focusing on playing basketball. And right away, we saw that play out, and we saw his teams ultra-focused. And we saw whatever nonsense was going on, whatever drama was going on, dissipate into thin air. I love the Lakers tonight. See if they've been bet down at all. But I think that looking especially at what Portland had to do in order to get by at six and a half right now, I'll, I'll lay it. I'll take the hook and I'll lay the six and a half. I have no problem with that. And if you don't believe me, then go on Twitch right now, twitch.tv slash show. You can see my phone right up on the screen. It's taking up the majority of the screen, and the bet has been placed. Now watch Horenda come on and tell me I'm an idiot, and the Blazers go on and win by 20. Well, Horenda calling me an idiot is more likely to happen than the Blazers winning by 20. I just don't see it. I know it's a great story, and we all want that to happen. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I just don't see it, man. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and, and try and play into the popular take because it's popular. If I believe the popular take, then yes, I'll roll with it. Carter Hart's the MVP of the Flyers. Carter Hart's the MVP of the city. That's not breaking any ground. That's not trying to rewrite history, that's not reinventing the wheel. That's stating the obvious, what a lot of people believe, obviously. Blazers out of gas, getting swept or maybe winning a game down 3-0, that's the most likely scenario for me. Blazers get beat up tonight. It's evident that they're out of gas tonight. Anthony Davis is the guy that I think has the biggest game amongst everybody. And then we wait and see. We wait and see what the reaction is on Wednesday. What people are saying and talking about regarding the Lakers and whether or not they're really back versus, man, what happened to Portland? Now, that forgotten series that nobody seems to be talking about is about to tip off. And we'll have you for the majority, I'm sure the first half at least, before John Jansen comes your way at 8 o'clock on the line change. Thunder Rockets, it's down to a one-point game. And what I love about this is I, I don't know. I don't think anybody – now, look, you can have a beat on it and you can place a bet on it and then you can justify that bet until the game's over. But let's be honest here. OKC losing one of their top defenders to put on Harden. Houston losing Russell Westbrook for the first two games. It does feel like a little bit of an evening out right now. Yet still, the Thunder getting the favorite. The Thunder laying the point, just like we saw with Miami laying points against the higher seed, if you will, in Indiana. Chris Paul has been an absolute problem, and he's been amazing with a lot of younger kids around him. Meanwhile, that small ball game hasn't really worked for the extent of the bubble, like we thought it could at the start of the bubble. Rockets come into this sucker limping, three straight losses. Yet you always have, and this is the damage that they can do, 
despite OKC's good perimeter defense, you always have the ability, if you're Houston, to go on a run. It just depends on if you're knocking down shots or you're missing shots. Houston knocks down shots tonight. They win. They win comfortably. And it's not because it's the Thunder. It's not because, oh, nobody can guard James Harden. It's not because of any of that. It's because they've got five guys, small guys on the floor, launching threes every single possession. And if four of those five guys are consistently knocking down shots, I don't know how you stop that. The only way you do that is to just dump it down low to your big man and hope you can foul some of these guys out. Maybe. I doubt that's the plan per se to go to Steven Adams the whole time, but this could be a pretty big game for Gallinari. Well, Dort being gone really hurts. Really hurts because they were going to stick him on Harden. Schroeder's out as well. You don't have that much depth as you did. This could be uh, a bigger man's game. It's not going to be anybody uh, that plays the five. So don't hold your breath and wait for some breakout by Mike Muscala. That ain't going to happen. Darius Baisley and Danilo Gallinari, two bigger cats who can stretch and shoot, yet also post up. That could be the difference right there. If you're Oklahoma City, that's where I would go. Right now, I mean, look, you've got minus 113 for the money line for the Thunder, minus 105 for the money line for the Rockets. Rockets getting the point. You lay 112 at DraftKings. OKC getting the, uh, laying the point. So you have to lay the 109. Just about to tip off. We'll update you on everything as it happens. The NHL as well. Some good news coming for this Philadelphia 76ers outside of their basketball team. Again, Bill Horenda is going to join us at 7 tonight. What are the odds? Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler. It's presented by Cure Auto Insurance. Oh, yeah. I'm with this. I'm just going to sit here and lay back to this nice mellow beat. We're underway. And drop some smooth lyrics. First quarter, 6-2 right now. Rockets with the lead. 6-4, pardon me. This thing's going to move fast. Let me see what the first quarter line is right now. First half line even, too. Rockets minus one and a half. Now that's because they hold a two-point lead. It's too tight. Now the alternate spread... You could get the Rockets at minus four and a half at plus 170. Harden with an effortless three. My goodness. I, I don't even know. I, I guess at some point it's probably going to be boring to just make every single shot that you take. But let me get to that point in my life first in order to then determine whether or not it is. Rockets, though, right now, they seem to be struggling between whether or not they want to take it or they just want to shoot it. But looking at this first quarter, I mean, the first quarter totals at 50 and a half. That seems really high. Now, granted, the under, I'm going to lay the 130 on there. Another bucket, and you can still see this thing hit. Boy, so it's 6-4. Let's look at this real quick. It's 6-4. to four. With 8-11 left in the first quarter. 6-5 now, and probably another one as we're waiting for free throws. But the total for the first quarter sits at 50-and-a-half. Are they going to get 39 more points right now? 30, 40 points in order to really go over that? I'm going to take the under here. Uh, it's suspended because of the free throw, but come on. 
just come back. 51 and a half. I feel even better about that. 51 and a half right now. And I could wait just a minute to see if that juice settles a little bit with the tie game at 6-6. But the problem is that every miss is going to probably keep it there or raise it a little bit. And it just did. That miss raised it a point from 117 to 118. So I'm, I'm going to take the odds change and take the under 51.5 first quarter total for the Thunder and Rockets. A lot of free throws, a lot of fouls. It's fine. I can deal with that as opposed to everybody on Houston knocking down three after three after three. And while we've seen this so far, and there's a layup by Steven Adams, Another miss by Hughes. Just give me some misses. You know, just some misses. I'll take the misses in step here. We've got a long ways to go at 14 points to get there. But misses and deep. Let me clarify that. Misses and defensive rebounds. Gordon Hayward is out for, I saw, three weeks. Might even be more than that. That's assuming that Boston would be playing that deep. That's a major loss for Boston, especially when you look at four weeks, okay, when you look at how varied the attack is for Boston with Hayward. Now, again, Gordon Hayward is not their best player. We all saw who their best player is and know who their best player is. He's not their best complimentary player in like a Jalen Brown or even a Kemba Walker. But he is a hell of an option as your fourth scorer. And to be fair, the loss of Gordon Hayward does present a problem. We saw him go on a little tear before COVID stopped everything. And even when the Celtics came back, he was playing well. It opens up more for some bigger guys that the Sixers should be able to take advantage of as far as the Sixers' height and their speed. Looks like Steven Adams is down. Could be a pretty big injury, at least enough to stop the clock and go to a break. This thing now, though, with Hayward out, opens up a little bit more for the other guys, if you will, the bench players, the rotation guys. You already have to deal. You're going to have to do something to slow down Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker will be a problem. Marcus Smart comes off the bench. He's an issue. Gordon Hayward, to you had five guys who could beat you on any given night. Now, they overachieved. I'll admit that Boston overachieved to get to that three seed this year. I don't think a lot of people had them gelling as fast as they did. But outside of any coaching accolades you want to throw on Brad Stevens, this thing now becomes a little more easier and manageable in game two. But you can't, if you're the Sixers, go in there thinking, well, we have a gift. That's 30-plus minutes out of the rotation. That's a good 15-plus points out of the rotation. Boston has the ability to just erase that departure like it was nothing, but they actually have to go out and do it. It's not a given by any means that Marcus Smart picks up all of the slack and they don't lose a beat. Now, the Sixers have their own problems internally, of course, to get back to any type of competition against the Celtics. This just makes it a little easier. Bill Horrenda is going to join us in 10 minutes at Shander Show for me. What are the odds? Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler. It's presented by Cure Auto Insurance. Presented by Cure Auto Insurance. All right, we start our second hour 
on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. As we have a busy day still to come, we've got a game on right now. We've got the big one tonight with the Lakers and Blazers, and you already know my theory on that one. We had Miami playoff Jimmy in action, and where we should start, which is one of the biggest upsets that I can remember, outside of an eight beating a one in a series, just coming out and stopping the Bucks. That's what the Orlando Magic did. So we go out to the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline and bring in Bill Horrenda, at Bill Horrenda on Twitter. All things NBA, college hoops as well. And also, a man who has touched the silver screen, and we may have to ask his thoughts on a couple of remakes. I just saw a latest story break with Kevin Hart and Will Smith. But, Bill, first and foremost, always appreciate a chance to chat with you. Thank you for your time, and hope all is well with you and yours. Absolutely. Right, right, right back at you, Aton. Congratulations on the nuptials. And any remake that I'm in, I'm all for. I give that a green light. I give it a thumbs up. Wait, you're not in any of these remakes. Before I bash them, you're not in any of these remakes. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sorry? <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet. But you, ne- but you never know. Well, I know we'll get there, but I just couldn't resist. Wait just a second. Just a little prelim, a little tease on the remake. Do we need to get... Kevin Hart, the clip of you and SWAT. <laughs> we got to make that happen. That I can do that. Right to the top of the pile. All right, all right. We've I, got I'll, Philadelphia I'll ties. You know, if there's anybody <laughs> that could get to Kevin Hart or anybody that that's a star here in Philadelphia, it would be the gentleman Rob Tyson who called you up, who is our producer of the show. He's as connected as it gets. So I bet that if we floated it out there and said, yeah, you know, we got a guy, Bill Horrenda, he's been on TV, he's been in movies, you know, he's been on the screen, he knows his way around a camera. Next thing you know, you might get a call, and we wouldn't even ask for a cut. How about that? <laughs> that is tremendous. What great representation. I love it. See? we can Now, if you know any radio or TV sports stuff open, let me know, and then we could reciprocate that way. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I, two-way street. I love it. Yes, nothing is free in this world, Bill. I apologize, but now what are your th- who in the world would have thought covering a 10-point line is one thing, right? Coming into that game and getting 10, 11 points depending on where you bet, the magic is one thing, but to come out and dominate the Bucks, win by 12, what was your reaction when it was all done? Yeah, I certainly was surprised the eight time, but you know, I go way Steve Clifford to his days uh, as an assistant coach up at St. Anselm's in New Hampshire. And listen, we know his teams are always well-prepared. They defend, and they usually defend without fouling. And they're also low-turnover squads. So when you do those things, even if you're without Aaron Gordon, Isaac, mm-hmm. Carter Williams, Bamba, it gives you a chance to win. And they got monster production, of course, from Vucevic. Terrence Ross was great off the bench. Uh, you know, not to mention James Ennis, Gary Clark, and Folks has been playing at a high level. Uh, but certainly I was surprised. I, I was 
mostly surprised by the Bucks' sleepwalking nature. Yes. I, I don't get the somnambulance with, with Milwaukee. That, that is a, uh, that, that's, that's puzzling to me at this juncture. What, what do you think that's attributed to? Just that Milwaukee, for two years now at least, has just been sleepwalking through the Eastern Conference, and it's kind of like maybe they don't have enough veteran presence that have won to know, hey, you can't take a game off no matter what. What do you attribute that laziness i guess too well i i think it's really hard to put your finger on it but but it's easy for us to to speculate but i would caution that it's just one game and you know the overreaction you know kind of the blogger demagoguery we have to be we have to rise above that and recognize that it's just one game you know one of the things that i thought was really important was at halftime you know the Magic had allowed seven offensive rebounds, and the Bucks had cashed in. They were 8-0 second uh, chance points at the half, and Steve Clifford told Jaron Greenberg about that when he was interviewed during the half. And then in the second half, Milwaukee had four offensive rebounds with just two points. So it speaks to two things. Number one, Orlando was able to do and live up to Hubie Brown's cardinal rule of the NBA playoffs. Can you control your defensive board? They were able to do that. But it also shows a bit of passivity uh, by the Bucks. So I'm not sure what the wake-up call is, uh, but I would expect Milwaukee to come out uh, and really exhibit their excellent two-way play that we've seen uh, throughout the season. And, of course, you know they're one of only two teams, uh, of just a handful of teams in the top ten in defensive rating and offensive rating, along with the Celtics and the Clippers. Do you think that this – opens things up and it's so early and it's one game and, and we know the Bucks aren't going to lose this series but do you think that this is maybe a, a crack or maybe some micro of how they could be undone later including to Toronto let's say in the Eastern Conference Finals? Certainly I, I do and, and I think what what we have to remember is that you know the playoffs are certainly a, a different animal you know the starters are going to get more minutes the reserves are going to get less you hear Gordy Chase talking about scoring through physicality that you know the three point line gets taken away and the elite scorers they score in the mid range in the playoffs so you know what Ata, from that standpoint no one is not vulnerable and also what i find myself looking at is okay we know that you cannot stop the great players one-on-one. And we know it's tough to double them if this, the floor is balanced and spread wide as it is the space and pace of, of today's game. But we, just, we must look for the adjustments because you can't let people uh, like Giannis you know, de- defeat you. You can, you, can st- you can try to stop them. You're not going to stop them one-on-one. So I guess what I'm trying to say is you, you must look for adjustments and I think we will see some more of them in, in game two. But certainly uh, Milwaukee is vulnerable. I think other people will take note, of course. Speaking of vulnerable, it seemed, and I hate to make, or I won't make an excuse, because it was a clear deflation at the time when Victor Oladipo had to be removed for the game and sent to the hospital with the eye injury. And clearly the Pacers weren't necessarily the same. But at the same time, it's not like they haven't played without Oladipo for a good stretch this year. They seem vulnerable. The way in which Miami beat Indiana today, Bill, it just seemed like that could be a problem throughout this series, not one where I would expect Indiana to just bounce right back and punch Miami in the mouth. 
I concur. I mean, listen, you know, they get to the free throw line the least frequently in the league, okay? They averaged 15 of 19, uh, did the Pacers. However, Aton, first half, they were 14 of 16 from the free throw line, just five of six in the second half. And, of course, at crunch time, you saw Butler uh, take over, as well as Dragic, right, in the the fourth quarter, combining for, you know, uh, 24 points uh, between them, 28 and 24, respectively. Only one second half turnover so for the Heat. So I, I think what we've seen, and this may be stating the obvious, and again, it's early, but guess what? Every low turnover team has won thus far. So again, you know, can you defend? And, and like Michael Malone says, you can't beat yourself and your opponent on the same night. So if you can defend and not beat yourself, again, you increase your chances of postseason success. Bill Horenda joining us at Bill Horenda on Twitter on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline, Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. I, I say this, as you know, a Sixers fan here in Philadelphia and still painfully obvious that that team departing ways with Jimmy Butler has, has hurt them, at least to the fact that they couldn't replace it. But at the same time, I can recognize how fun it is to watch this young man, or he's getting a little older now, play and I, I think that is probably to, to add to what you laid out about Indiana. The problem that the Pacers face is Jimmy Butler's not going anywhere. He, he's not a, a one or two game type guy in a series. He could give you that every single game in this series. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no question. And you know he's 30 years old and he's savvy. And now what he's got around him is you know young players like Bam Adebayo, who's yes. 23. You know, you even look at, at Duncan Robinson now, he's 25, but, he, but a young 25 hero is just 20, uh, et cetera. And, you know, Duncan Robinson, one of these 180 guys who struggle today. Uh, but, you know, there's just, you know, there's something about the mentality uh, of Miami. And, you know, I'm not, I won't bore your audience with, with their mantra, but it's, it's, it's as being, you know, the toughest, meanest, nastiest, best conditioned team in the NBA. And I think there's something could be said for teams that have that identity and have their culture. And you know what, Tom, particularly when the numbers meet that. I mean, they're right. 11th in defensive rating, 7th in offensive rating. It's a very tough team, and they have the highest free throw rate in the league. They get to the line due to heat. Bill, were you surprised at all, and maybe you weren't, that the line for the Thunder Rockets game tonight and really throughout the series was so tight between these two teams? I think it closed at a point now Houston's up 28-20 after one there's plenty of time left but were you surprised that Houston wasn't more of a favorite no and, and you know here's the thing you know Billy Donovan I don't think I think he was a finalist for coach of the year right. but he doesn't get nearly enough hype in my in my opinion Aton. so this is a team listen they have 17 wins when trailing going into the final stanza they have 30 clutch wins That's the most in the NBA. Now, where they lag, and some of this is UB Brown data, you know, against the 500-plus, they're just 12 and 19. But I really like the Thunder, their toughness, the talent, Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Adams, Gallinari, et al. I think Houston is vulnerable, particularly without Westbrook. And, you know, can they play small and be successful in the postseason? I think that's a big question mark. And I think this series – is definitely going to be hotly contested. I think Oklahoma City wins this series. What, what's the big indicating factor for you? Is it that Houston can go cold too often? Is there somebody on 
OKC, like a Gallinari or somebody bigger that can stretch that makes it too difficult for Houston's smaller lineup? Where is that one indicator in, in your mind, Bill, that puts the thunder over the top? I, it's a make-or-miss league, and, and I think that if you have the ability to defend the three-point line and kind of take that away, and, and we've seen Houston in the past go cold, yes. so I just think traveling better, and, and here's the irony, traveling better. <laughs> I, I mean that uh, more figuratively than right. literally, right? <laughs> traveling from the postseason uh, to the postseason, from the regular season, Aton, I just think that uh, it's tough to live and die with jump shots, as much talent as they have. And I know they also love to attack the rim, but I just think that if Oklahoma City uh, can defend and they can play with the toughness and also the tough, the mental toughness in crunch time due to the aforementioned numbers, I, I, re- I really like the, uh, the, the thunder here. So that's kind of my, my, my thinking as to why I think Houston would be vulnerable and also that Oklahoma City could be successful. And, of course, you've got a guy, Chris Paul, is well-traveled, has a lot yes. of postseason experience, as does uh, Adams as well. Bill, I'm, let's look at tonight's game. We've got some other games as well to look at tomorrow. But I am curious tonight how you – I won't even lead the witness and give you my thoughts. I'll just ask you open. You can take it anywhere you want. How do you see game one play out between the Blazers and the Lakers? Yeah, well, Lillard, of course, is special. You run out of superlatives, but when <laughs> I see them, when I see them struggle defending a pick and roll, albeit how good John Morant is and his decision making is just absolutely exquisite, particularly for another you know young guy, right? Of course, as young as he is, twenty years old. But I just see 27th in defensive rating. And listen, this is something that no one talks about with Portland either. 13 of their first 18 on the road, which was an eternity ago to start the season. So it's not a typical 1-8 matchup. But I just think the Lakers are too tough defensively. I think AD, as well as LeBron, are, of course, formidable opponents. And I just don't see Portland and Lillard being able to catapult them out of the first round. I do too, and I even tonight that six and a half point line has been tough to cover in the bubble, generally speaking. But my concern with Portland, Bill, is that they expended way too much energy, including that game against Memphis, where at times it looked like they were just out of gas. I don't know if they've had enough time between that game and tonight to rejuvenate their bodies per se. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I agree, I agree, and that's something that you know uh, we'll just have to see now. It's very interesting because the offense has been so good down there, and I think the reason being is that you've got guys getting better rest. There's no travel. There are fewer distractions. So does that play into Portland's favor here? But I tend to agree with you. They may have left it all on the floor just getting here. And then you've got the Lakers who, uh, of course, similar to Milwaukee, right, the upper echelon teams, the Clippers kind of underachieved in the seeding games. But, again, uh, you know, this is a team that, you know, it, it leads the league in blocks. They're top 10 in steals, assists, rebounds, offensive rebounds, free throws. Uh, I could go on and on. And I just think that, you know, listen, I don't think they're the same team without Avery Bradley, without Rondo, who we should see. But I, I still, uh, I agree with you. I, I don't think Portland has enough uh, to, to get out of this first round against the Lakers. Bill Horrenda is joining us at Bill Horrenda is how you follow him on Twitter, BillHorrenda.com, the site, all things NBA, college as well. 
Let's look at a couple of series that will restart up tomorrow. And you talked a little bit about the Raptors, that Nets, no issue there. I am curious, though, to get your thoughts on the Jazz Nuggets series after one. It was overtime. Really, Denver was the only team that showed up in overtime. I'm hesitant to write it off, uh, right off the Jazz, Bill, because I had the Jazz winning this series from the jump. How did you see game one, and then how does that factor into the rest of this series between Denver and Utah? Yeah, I, I think, listen, it, it, was a, it was a big win for Denver to get, to, to get this thing done. And I just feel like Denver, as, as, a, as a team, has yet to really congeal. Uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr. has been absolutely terrific. But, of course, you know, Grant, uh, excuse me, Harris has not, not been on the floor. And then you didn't have Conley for the Jazz. And, of course, not having Bogdanovich for, for the Jazz is a huge loss. So, I kind of felt like Denver was going to, you know, win the series. Uh, I think Michael Malone is one of the best coaches uh, in the NBA. But I just, I'm skittish with uh, with Denver. As good as Jokic is, and as special as Murray was, I mean, 36 points yesterday, assisted or scored on 31 of their final 37. Mitchell was absolutely outrageous with 57, but that eight-second violation under two minutes with a four-point lead was an egregious blunder. Uh, of course, uh, but I, I just think Denver is, is a bit too deep and is, is is a bit more skilled as far as being able to play both both ends of the floor here. So I, I do like Denver, but uh, but but I got to give the Jazz a lot, a lot of credit. Obviously, they gave Denver all they can handle in Game One. So you like the Nuggets winning Game Two as well? I do. Yes, I I, I, de- I definitely do. What about last night factoring into tomorrow night? The Mavericks on the short end of the stick. I, first off, I don't know if you agree with that, but what were your thoughts when you saw Chris Stapps ejected with a lot of time left in the third? Yeah, so you know, first thought is to hit Twitter and go, listen, on the 79th Street playground in North Bergen, New Jersey, <laughs> we'd say, if you want to play hopscotch, go down the block. <laughs> okay? He gets ejected. They're up five, you know, nine and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. It's a 21-11 clipper run thereafter, and it's pretty much lights out. But – I guess, Aton, my thoughts on it are after listening to Carlisle and then also Porzingis. Very interesting. Paraphrasing Porzingis. Like, you know what? Mentally, I prepared for many things, but not for that. So it's kind of like a self-control routine where you have to anticipate that Morris is going to hit you. Kind of like Sonny from The Godfather. He's going to try to play on your emotions. (laughs) And it worked. His response was very mature. And Carlisle as well. So I think... Uh, you know, listen, the fist thing, that's automatic. Everyone in the league knows it, and you've got to live with it. The second one, don't put yourself in that position. Right. So I understand the public outcry, but again, it's 2020. It's not 1980 or 1990. You've got to adjust to the officials at all times, like the weather. If it's hot, put on your shorts. If it's cool, wear a sweater. Fair enough. Now, what about tomorrow night? How much of... And influence, do you think that has on the game? I see the Clippers are, it could change, but they're laying six and a half. And man, I feel like the Clippers have been the least discussed team since the bubble has restarted the season. They get that win. As you mentioned, they go on that run. It was still an eight point victory despite Kristaps not being there. Does that add any more fuel to Dallas's fire tomorrow night? Or is Clippers, or they just walk away with this? No, I think for Dallas, I feel like you've got to feel pretty good about things. You were down 10-zip, 18-2, and you're right. It was only an eight-point 
loss without Porzingis for the last, you know, uh, whatever, 20 minutes of that game. Now, the thing about Dallas is, you know, they were scintillating offensively this season. You know, second in the NBA, just 13 turnovers a night. They had 21, which the Clippers capitalized on for 22 points last night. So I, I think here you've got to have some type of confidence if you're Dallas going into game two. Conversely, for the Clippers, listen, you took care of business. You gave up 69 in the first half, but you only allowed 41 in the second half. Uh, you know, and listen, Kawhi was just one of seven from, from three. But again, he gets almost 30, right, in a quiet fashion. Paul George goes for 27. Uh, your bench outscores the Dallas bench 25-24. Now, Dallas is a good bench, but again, you got nothing really from Montrez. Harrell is just kind of finding his way, right, six points, two rebounds. So uh, I-, I think this is too uh, tough a hill to climb for Dallas. Maybe they sneak a game, but I, I think this could be Clippers in five, maybe six. But, uh, but, but I, I think for Dallas, this is part of their building process. And I think for the Clippers, I, I'd be sanguine on them getting to the, to the NBA Finals, if not winning it. Fair enough. Yeah, and I, I think that's realistic, definitely reasonable expectations for this Clippers team. And, hey, they set them with what they did this year. Before we end in Philadelphia with that series and, and this team here, the Sixers, just a, a complete head-scratcher and need for Advil on a routine basis. Just your thoughts. going in. I'm curious, Bill. Going into the bubble before a team played a single game to now seeing everybody play at least nine games, well, really, including tonight, we'll see everybody play nine games. Has your thoughts or predictions or expectations of who will be in the NBA Finals changed at all? You know, I'm sticking with you know, I had Miami over the Clippers right from the get-go wow. from day one. Wow, you had the heat? <laughs> Oh no! I'm sorry. I, I said Miami. I meant to say. I meant Milwaukee. to say the Bucks, okay. Milwaukee. I said Miami. Yeah, what, what a Freudian slip that is. Yeah, <laughs> well, look, I, it's believable I, after today, by all means. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'll, I'll come clean though. Yeah, so I had I had the Bucks uh, over over the Clippers from day one, and I haven't adjusted that. But certainly, I would be you know uh, concerned. If, if I'm, if I'm the Bucks right now with that, just the way they played. But again, Aton, just game one, just game one. We'll see how they, how they respond in game two. Fair enough. It's a long climb right now. What's the outside? I know that Philadelphia, and you know, being from the Northeast, that we get, if it's Jersey, Philly, New York, all in the same area, we get caught up in our own bubble. It's very easy to get caught up in our own bubble, in our own world, and call the local station and yell and scream about a guy who maybe people outside of their city love and admire and I don't know don't worry Andy Reid isn't that bad of a coach things like that what is the general perception all the way out to LA where you are up north in North Dakota south in Houston you know the league you know the people that cover the league you know the people that play in the league what is the outside perception that you and others hold of the Philadelphia 76ers because I can't get a read on this team at all if I had to liken it to an R&B tune, to be Keith Sweat, something just ain't right. I mean, it's a, a, ta- a talented team that underachieves, Aton. I, I think that's the perspective on it. And, of course, you know, this injury to uh, Ben Simmons is really unfortunate. Now you've got Gordon Hayward for the Celtics out as well, of course, uh, which is another unfortunate injury. But I, I just kind of feel like, you know, chemistry-wise, like Horford has been in, in, in an enigma there. His production has been has been up and down. Uh, you know, Embiid said he says he's got to do more. 
postgame, which he does. You know, he had 11 points in the first quarter. He finishes with 26. He's got to get more field goal attempts than just 15, in my opinion. And so Tim Legler would say that as well on ESPN. So I just can't get a read on what exactly it is there uh, that, that just is not enabling them to, to click. And listen, I, I'd be foolish. I have friends in the coaching profession, but you got to wonder if they'll make a move there. I'd be reluctant to break up Embiid and Simmons. But it just seems like there's a chemistry issue there that, yes. uh, for whatever reason, is preventing them from being more successful and, and as successful as they should be. Well, I, I think what's going to happen, and it's unfortunate because you and I and I think a lot of people in and around and outside the city, whoever's watched this team, recognize there is a chemistry issue on the floor. So I think what's going to happen is the team will fire Brett Brown after this year. They'll bring in as big of a name as they can get good luck because you know that other teams are looking as well better teams are looking as well but even if, hypothetically let's say it's a Stan Van Gundy who comes in and coaches this team after a year that new coach is going to go back if it's Elton Brand or somebody else running the team and say look I don't know what you want from me but these guys won't fit together and it's going to be that realization that's going to hey guys it is Ryan I'm not sure if you know this about me but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can I like to work but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Take a new coach to come in and tell the upper management, hey, something ain't right. 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 And I mean, you know, I've tweeted this frequently. You know, basketball ain't that easy, but it ain't that hard. <laughs> and, you know, Rome uh, was, wasn't built in a day, but it got built. And, of course, there you've gone through, the, you know, the pain. And now, you know, the fans there deserve more elation. So, uh and I think coaching is, is, is particularly difficult in this day and age because, you know, even very solid good coaches, uh, you know, have a difficult time staying in one place for, for a long time. And I think it's hard for, for their voices to, to continue to resonate. Uh, and, you know, Gordy Jesus says a long time, Jazz says you need new wave communicators with old school values. That can only help so much, but you just need chemistry and accountabilities, accountability and guys to accept to accept their role. Now, we'll see what happens. Again, it's only game one. Can they capitalize on Hayward's injury? And they played very well, you know, to a point last night. But, again, you can't give up 34 in the final stanza and expect to be successful uh, in the postseason. But perhaps they'll turn it around in game two. I do like Boston in the series without Hayward, by the way. Bill, thanks so much, man. At Bill Horrenda on Twitter, BillHorrenda.com. And, on your way out, this, you're not really going to go see that Planes, Trains, and Automobiles remake with Will Smith and Kevin Hart, right? <laughs> Probably not. It's like the Honeymooners. You can't redo it. No, what Just are they read doing? the classics alone. You know, this country is, is wild. Either something is immediately canceled and wiped from history, or it's remade 13 times over. I, I'm just lost. It's feast or famine. It's it a is, feast it or is. famine mentality. Awesome. Bill, thank you so much, man, for the time, the insight. We all appreciate it here. Have a great night. Be well and be safe, man. You, you too, Aton. Anytime. My pleasure. You got it. That's Bill Horrenda. And you check out his IMDb page, man. All right? The, the guy was on some pretty big uh, pieces there, some pretty big moments on screen. SWAT, 
So we had to get his thoughts a little bit on this remake. I, I cannot believe that we went from talking about The Fresh Prince being remade into a drama to now a remake of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Why? That's another, like, why? Why? First off, I I don't think, as I saw on Twitter, somebody saying, like, iconic class. It's It's a funny movie. But are we really, think about this. I'll present it this way. Are people really so strapped for new ideas that you are now in, like, the middle tier of funny, memorable movies? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, funny movie. Is it an alt? Is it a top ten comedy? No, of course not. But it's insane that we're still searching for now mediocre product to remake. We'll update you. It looked like James Harden went down. We'll see the severity of his knee when we get back and also update you on some things happening around the diamond as the Philadelphia Phillies are about to embark on a series against the AL version of the Mets in the Boston Red Sox. So we'll see if they can keep that going. Coming off a sweep of New York, back in action tonight. First pitch set in a minute. What are the odds a lead is blown by the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen? Well, pretty high. Oh, by the way, 45-30 to 30 Rockets lead. And, yes, that 50-and-a-half first quarter total hit under thanks to a missed three by the Thunder. Yeah, Harden is down, but he's back, so no issue there. No problem with that knee. Just needed a minute and a break. We'll do the same. What are the odds? Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. This game has been blown up. 55-35, 426 left in the second. San Diego with the lead. Texas right now winding down the San Diego Tatis Juniors versus the Rangers. I still can't believe that Jace Tingler, the Tingler, threw his own player under the bus. I either missed a call or, you know, still. Either the take was on, maybe he missed it, whatever the case was. You know, Tatis, here comes Tatis Jr., by the way, who has actually been playing pretty well on this little tear here. Two for five tonight. He did score another run. He's hitting over 300. I can't believe that it was made such a big... Because baseball has nothing. They really don't have enough. This will be talked about for a week. Meanwhile, the NFL will talk about something for a week, and then games will happen. A Thursday night game will happen, and then everything is forgotten. Trust me, I've done it. I've been doing national stuff now for the past couple of years, and it's crazy to see how these conversations shift when games are actually played. I don't know if it's just because there's so many baseball games normally that people are just inundated with, all right, well, I'm not going to sit and watch six more games and react to six more things. I'm just going to keep the obvious biggest topic or theme going. Looks like they're down to their final out. 6-4 Padres. Now, the D-backs are crushing the A's top four, 9-1 Yankees and Rays are scoreless in the top of the second, although Tampa does have a man on second with one out. No outs. Cleveland with a man on second. They trail Pittsburgh 1-0. Atlanta up 1-0 in the top of the second as well. They have a man on first with one out. Pardon me, Washington has a man on first with one out, and they trail Atlanta 1-0. 
Bottom of the second scoreless between Seattle and L.A. Mets and Marlins also scoreless. Bottom of the first. And right away, we have action. We have Philadelphia Phillies action. And you know me. I'm just sitting here waiting for a lead. That's all. Just waiting for a lead. And the, they already have Reese Hoskins on first. Bryce Harper at the plate. And there's one out, but still. Here comes Bryce. Just give me something. You know, I don't I don't need a home run, although I do have that still active bet. I forgot about that. Some of these were placed way before even COVID, or right around when, you know, COVID had the stop. I'm trying to look at when I actually placed this. Okay, so June 29th, so we're a little bit into it. Bryce Harper to lead the NL in home runs was plus 650 before the season began. So, yeah, I'd love a home run right now. Don't get me wrong. It would help. It's not going to hit. But it would help. But at this point, all we need is a hit. All we need is a run scored. And that changes. It starts the dynamic of changing things. Because you know it's only a matter of time before you start to see a pretty big lead squandered. Now, the Phillies are minus one right now on the run line. I'm not taking Boston at plus one until they're down. Until Boston is legit down. I'm not laying 118 to get a run where I know Boston is going to be plus four or five at one point tonight. And I can patiently wait that out. There's NBA playoffs. There's NHL playoffs. Dallas up 2-1, mind you, over Calgary. Now, Calgary tied that game. Calgary did come back and tie that game, but Dallas got one later. So now, with about 14-plus left in the third period, This is going to be all to the wall, another word that I can't say, all to the wall for Calgary. In fact, just looking at this right now, Flames are plus one. Wow, that can't be right. Flames are plus one at 230, plus 230. Oh, we jumped in. We jumped in. It's processing right now as it speaks. That's why we put this up here for you online, live, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. Not just throwing stuff out here. Calgary down. Now, again, an empty netter seals this and kills that bet. But Calgary plus one at plus 230 of a return. I don't know. I can pass that up. Do like that total, though, now that I look at it. It's sitting at five. You really, the narrative here would be some sort of push for overtime, right? That's how that doesn't hit. That's how that stays right now. Because at 2-1, Dallas scoring a third goal is going to seal that under. Especially if that third goal comes in some sort of empty net fashion. You're going to see a 3-1 final. Dallas wins it. That under five hits. It's probably why it's sitting at minus 190 right now. (laughs) Books are going to tell you, good luck if you think this thing's going to get overtime and then force a fifth goal. You never know. Calgary could rip off two straight. Things, Crazy things happen in this game, I understand. But the reality is the books are even begging you to just stay away from this. At minus 190, what are you really making back here? You're close to laying 2-1 to one on this thing hitting under because they're 11.59 left in the third. But Calgary scoring a goal kills that. Calgary scoring, that's why the over actually is in play. If you believe that Calgary has enough right now 
to get something and just get a goal, push a goal in here. All right, still scoreless right now. Bryce Harper, the count is full. Awaiting this final pitch here that Harper could hopefully turn on. Just move Hoskins at the very least. Just move him at the very least. Looks like he grounded out. So Hoskins to second. Advanced Hoskins. And now it's JT's turn. Two outs. Base hit would score Reese Hoskins. You would like to think. Double definitely clears him, but base hit. I can deal with a base hit. Real Muto already swinging, man, right away. I love it. This guy is just so much fun to watch, especially at the plate. You know, he does things you you look for from a strategy, idiosyncratic, idiosyncratic things, pardon me, that you'll see as far as a catcher behind the plate. But he is a joy to watch when he's hitting, truly. Think about that. I mean, if Reese Hoskins could ever get something going, if this kid could ever actually turn something around, you would have one of the most dangerous three hitters in a row you'd find in baseball. Those three guys right there would be enough. That's going to end the inning. Grounded out to short. Okay, we were close, but look, the pitching for Boston is so bad and so horrendous across the board that there will be plenty of opportunities here for the Phillies. Plenty. There will also be a ton of opportunity, just as much opportunity as there will be falling in the Phillies' hands to hit Boston pitching. So will be the case when the Phillies go to their pen. Unfortunately for Philadelphia, even if Zach Eflin throws five or six dominating innings, he's going to get pulled and somebody's going to come in. And that's when you pounce. That's when you jump in and you make your move. It's now a 13-point game. I'll get you the exact score here. But the Thunder are doing their best. 14-point lead now for the Houston Rockets as we're winding down in the first half. Rockets running away with it first half if you had Houston. In fact, if you played Houston-Houston, you might be in pretty good shape as far as the halftime full-time. At Shander Show is how you get me on Twitter. We're live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. I'm trying to grab that real quick to see what that halftime full-time was that closed, but I don't think I'll be able to see it on the market. All right, we'll update you on what's happening here with this Houston OKC game as we get closer to the half. Tempted to take that under five, but I don't trust Calgary right now. I don't trust that Calgary is just going to lay down and not get one late. Remember, The other game that we saw where it went to overtime was a result of a goal by Dallas with 12 seconds left on the clock. Just 12 seconds left. That forced overtime, and then Dallas wins it. Unbelievable. Again, at Chander Show, John Jansen coming your way at 8 o'clock tonight with the line change. It's one of the odds right here on Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler, presented by Curato Insurance. What's the first song you ever had memorized from start to finish? Every single word, rap, sung, anything. That's a hard one. It's easy for me because it was a way that I, I got through 
later in life, it was a way that I would get through being stuck in like a study hall or something, knowing that I would have 10 or 15 minutes left and I'm completely done with everything I needed to do. I could, I could wrap this song in my head from start to end and three times over and kill those 15 minutes. I need to know what it is. Well, it's the same group that you just played, but a different song. Uh, I actually think it's an album after. Uh, what what album was I Ain't No Joke on? That was Eric B. and Rakim, right? No, I know, but what album? I don't know what. That's a good question. Paid in full. Okay, okay so. Yes. Yes. Just wanted to make sure that the albums were different, which they were. So the the song that I first memorized from start to end was on the following album, Follow the Leader. Now, it wasn't Follow the Leader. Do you, do you know what song I might be talking about right now? It's probably their most famous song. Now, I would say, to be honest, I would think this is their most famous song, but you really have to look at Eric B. and Rakim's catalog and, and determine that on your own, everybody, including Rob. I would just say, for me, I thought, looking back at it, well, at the time, and then even still, up until they made Don't Sweat the Technique, just because that sound coming out of Eric B.'s deck just hadn't been heard before like that. Yeah, I mean, th this was just... You didn't have something like this to where you had multiple jazz riffs created. I mean, it was, it was new. Man, what year was that? You might see, you might think this is like old, old school. For me. This is 92. And for me, when I look at Eric B. and Rakim's catalog and, and that come to mind and somebody mentions, you know, Eric B. as a producer or Rakim as one of the best rappers of all time, this to me is like later. This is like close to the end. Of Eric B. and Rakim, and it came out in 92. No, the song I'm talking about is Microphone Fiend. Okay. I, I had that one. I just listened to it. It was the one song. I, I listened to that album all the time as a kid. I was 10 years old when it came out. So there were a couple of songs on Follow the Leader that definitely just jumped out and, and spoke to me. But nothing, nothing at all. I mean, look, Lyrics of Fury is a hard, fast song. The R, another one. But even Follow the Leader, which was, you know, Follow the Leader, right? Microphone Fiend was just that song. It was that track that just, it spoke to me. And I could listen to it over and over and over again. You know, sometimes when you're trying to memorize something, you take it in chunks. Like you listen to a couple of bars, let's say, in a song, and you rewind it. Make sure you have it. And then maybe you rap or sing over it as it goes. This one, I would just let it play over and over and over again. T stop, start to end, start to end. It was like my favorite song. Yeah. I think people in the car, like, I, I wouldn't even be taught. I'd have the headphones on, the Walkman back in the day, and I would just constantly rewind that sucker. <laughs> you know when you had play and rewind down at the same time and you could hear it like... Uh, oh, constantly, man, constantly. It's amazing. Do you know what song was for you? That's a hard one because, I, I, I mean, I really don't know what the first one was. I'm trying to think. Like what my first song was that I remembered from beginning to end. There's a lot like people. My friends always say like, you know, all the lyrics to everything. And I'm like, I just study a lot of music. Like I, I even go through the, the portions of like reading lyrics when I don't know exactly yes. what they said. And then yes. I'll go back and rap it the right way or whatever. 
I don't know. I will say like, because I was a big, for me, I was a big like um, musical person. I don't know. Like, I like all types of music because John and I had this conversation and I was like, I do all genres of music, but I was really heavy into like musicals like Phantom of the Opera, yeah, okay. Cats, uh, Rent, um, all types of musicals that I would just like recite from beginning nice. to end. So, so I you would, had you had a lot of those down. Like you could watch Phantom of the Opera and sing along in every word. Yes. Uh, okay, m- majority a, of the songs. Man. I, I think we I actually in my drama class in high school, we performed like portions of the rent musical on stage. So like I know literally my whole performance by heart, but other songs too. So like Rent is probably the one I know from beginning to end every song that's in the movie. Hmm. But, Interesting. But yeah, I know I know rap, I know R and B, I know gospel, I do all types of like like when I be in here with John and I said, uh what's the name of that song? Uh Country uh, uh Chicken Fried. And he was like, Why do you why do you you like this song? I was like, Yeah, I love I love right, all right. types of music. Right. <laughs> I like all music, so it doesn't matter. Like that's why people are like I'm real like versatile when it comes to listening to music. But I don't know. I like there was an R. Kelly song. I know we can't talk about him too much right now. <laughs> but R. Kelly and Usher had Same Girl. I don't know if you remember that song. Where they like went back and forth and there was yes, like the, the parts back and forth. So I used to practice knowing one person's part and then I would find a friend of mine that was willing to do the other part and we would like go back and forth and try to do same girl. Okay. So like I knew that whole song word for word, but there's a lot of music that I could probably go through and I just don't know what the first one was. Wow. That's not bad, man. I love music. <laughs> Outside yes. of sports. Yes. <laughs> I love music. No, but that that's not bad at all. Like that's that's insight in you that I never would have had unless I brought that up. Like I had no idea that you were deep into musicals like this. Yeah. And you had such a rich history and drama. And because of the school I went to, um, I, I, I don't know. Was it some, for, for that? No, I went to, uh, some people might be familiar with it, but the Milton Hershey School yeah, and Hershey PA. Yep. So, like, it was a boarding school that I stayed at, but we had, like, options to do all types of things. So that's how I got into video production, because my high school had a, like, video production room and a newscast room that was mm. better than most colleges in the country. Amazing. In high school, so and then from there, I wound up working at the Giant Center, working with the Hershey Bears, and then right, getting right. to see the Capitol. So it was like a lot of stuff that I was like given in high school that most people didn't have the chance to do. Nothing. So I kind of, yeah, I kind of got that wide range of stuff that I'm like all over the all over the place pulling information in. You know what's crazy is that realistically, I, I mean, I didn't have anything. College, we had this at Gettysburg College, we had this rinky-dink radio station and i remember it was just such a hassle you had to clear all these hurdles just to try and get on and do a show at like you know 2 a.m on a saturday night right it it was they made it so difficult it was such a turnoff and i remember i came in and one of my boys was doing a a, got in and was doing a show and it was like one hour a week and everything and he had to sign all this stuff and there were people standing over like monitoring what was it WBZBT or something like that some small <laughs> station you couldn't hear probably outside the college and that was like my first real experience with it and then until I got it back in like really into radio I didn't have anything like that and that's crazy because you're right I'm sure that did a lot for you especially in this business now yeah look at that man get some insight into Rob <laughs> all right 6852 at the half Houston is up big right now 
there's some pretty good value out there for OKC in the second half, even just looking at the live line for the Thunder. And John Jansen will have you coming up at the top of the hour on the line change, update you on everything going on in the world of baseball. Just one final look here as we gave out that, or at least I took I took Calgary with that plus 290 return just at plus one. And it's sitting right now at plus one with 459 left in the third. It's getting closer to empty net or tie at time. Thanks, Rob. Two of us, John, too. We're all back tomorrow. Sean Brace with the daily ticket. Then what are the odds? Then the line change. It's all here on Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.